Hello, Scrappers. Dro here with a quick disclaimer. Though we always strive to keep our content on Pot Against the Machine accessible to everyone, Call of Cthulhu is, by its very nature, a dark and sometimes disturbing game system. So, just a heads up that this particular McFib series may feature the following. Disturbing imagery. Physical and psychological injury. Discussions of psychological issues. Drugs and drug paraphernalia. Acts of violence. And other adult themes that, though we strive to keep them at a roughly PG-13 level, could nonetheless be uncomfortable for some listeners. So listener discretion is advised for this series. Hello and welcome back everybody to part two of our second module of Jimmy Fame Presents Bonus Against the Machine. More pod for your bod, sponsored by Charlie the Lizard Folks Chicken Emporium. More cluck for your buck. We are picking up from where we left off with our group of uh, intrepid investigators made up of a quartet whose names, as far as they can tell, because they have amnesia, are Marlon Jackson, Obadiah Madison, Colm Driscoll, and Cyrus Peanutman Montgomery II. Our heroes awoke to find themselves with no memory of themselves or each other or really anything at all, trapped in a van crashed on the side of the road in the middle of a cornfield, just apparently out in the middle of nowhere. After searching around and finding some clues, including some business cards claiming that they're part of something called Fright Finders, as well as a few pieces of ID identifying them all, they have decided now to attempt and get Cyrus, who was injured in the crash, a bit patched up, and then head out, leaving the safety and comfort of their van, the only home they've ever known, to head in the direction of what appears to be possibly a house or some other sort of building that they can see glowing off in the distance. So let's check in with everybody now and see what we're going to do here at the start. Now... Looking at this here first aid kit before we traveled, uh, any of you fine fellow employees of the Fright Finders feel as though you might have some sort of skill in perhaps keeping uh, Cyrus Peanutman's cerebral fluids inside of his cranium? I believe I'm about average in that regard. No particular skill whatsoever, but... um. If I were to put a number to it, I would say the default, about 30%. I, too, feel approximately average in my capacity to fix our friend's head here. I'm not at all confident, but... <laughs> now, Sai, uh, do you yourself have any uh, medicinal proclivities that we might be unaware of? I do understand it's strange for a man to operate on his own skull. However... Uh, if the rest of us are just average and you happen to be supra-average or whatever the word is for above, I think people just say above average, uh, perhaps you ought to be the one to go ahead and apply that bandage, as it were. I appreciate the vote of confidence, my friend, but I can tell you I wouldn't know a medulla oblongata from a bag of gooba peas. <laughs> That's the sound from the blood uh, yes, does anyone want to try to first aid Cyrus? If you succeed the roll, he gets that help point, that hit point back. <laughs> mm. First kill. <laughs> I assume that Jeff was going for it. I don't know how, no. if we all roll and then say that we all reached for the first aid kit at the same time and the fastest person got there first. <laughs> oh, oh that will die. Okay, I've just dropped one of my dice on the ground, so I'm out. What did it land on? <laughs> A nine, and then what's this other one? Oh, that's 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 a ninety, and I'm pretty sure we said that's super bad, yep. right? Ninety nine is just the worst. Ninety nine is super bad. Oh wait, ninety nine. 
Or what? That wasn't ninety nine total. Yeah, no, that's yeah ninety nine. <laughs> yeah, ninety nine. He did. I, I immediately murder my friend. Oh no. Okay, so uh, Marlin <laughs> attempts to help Cyrus, and he finds a set of sutures in the uh, kit and attempts to close up his head wound, <laughs> dealing another point of damage by just not having any idea at all how to do this. Just over the sound of, of um, Cyrus <laughs> screaming, Marlon's like, now if you just hold still for just a second, I'm pretty sure that my grandmother taught me this here whip stitch back when I was sewing pants for my cousins, as we are wont to do. Probably. I don't have memory of anything in particular, but for some reason that does stand out. Now, it ain't pretty, but it's... <laughs> Also not healed, so uh, it ain't not bad. pretty, and it also don't work. So <laughs> just not slap him in the face when the sutures critical. fail, dealing one point of damage. <laughs> but that is quite a bit of extra blood. It, it does seem yeah. to be bleeding more than yeah. it was. Uh, I may not be the person to do this. Perhaps we would impose upon this distant structure for set medical attention and other forms of, uh, you know, dispensation of care. Well, all right. Now that we all seem to be in some kind of order and shape here, maybe we uh, head off towards them there lights. Should we, we should maybe gather something from the van. Any of this look particularly useful? I don't, uh, I don't myself, you know, uh, uh, assume that we will need any weaponry however it does seem like maybe we'll just hang on to it for trading purposes i mean if you keep it in the locked box like no one's gonna know it's a gun in there and i will say you did also find a couple of long-barreled flashlights on top of the smaller flashlight that was in the glove box in one of the cabinets in the back and you do have two working uh short-range walkie-talkies I believe there was a mention of night vision goggles. You did find what appeared to be a pair of night vision goggles. And oddly enough, Colm knows how they work. I think Colm will definitely put those on his head, but not actually, like, over his eyes, just, like, sitting on his head. Um, Because, you know, some things just feel right. And take that EMF reader, because he was so excited about it. Well, the EMF reader wasn't there. It was just the uh, charging station, the charging port for it. Look sadly at the charging port. And, uh, <laughs> Comb Stickman, uh, being as though my name was upon the registration in the glove box, I will uh, politely request that you hand the keys to me. Um, yeah, sure. You can, you can have the keys. I will, um, I don't feel that driving is really my forte after you know I did that we'll hand the keys over thank thank you kindly oddly enough as you go to hand the keys over Obadiah you notice you already have on the keys you found in your checking yourself another of that same van key you appear to have both had it and as you're looking through Colm's keys because I'm assuming he just handed you the keys that had been stuck in the uh, ignition of the thing, which is this whole key ring. You see on it also a duplicate of the small round hollow key that opens the uh, little portable gun safe. Obadiah will keep that to himself for now. Because uh, all he knows is that Stickman wrecked the van and nearly mm-hmm. killed Peanut Man, you know? Smashed all of our phones. I mean, there's a there's a lot to answer for. Poor Stickman. Cyrus, peanuts still rattled. Looks about his group and, and just makes a, you know, recognizing the the forlorn faces that that his companions. He says, "Well, I certainly hope there are no children here. It would be terrible to run into the kids of the cob." holds up a bit of corn and shakes it slightly in uh, Marlin's direction. Uh, I do appreciate the concern, but this does not seem like the time for levity. Uh, you are bleeding profusely from the head, despite my uh, my best efforts. Uh, 
we are surrounded by the corn you speak of and have only three to four flashlights and a couple of keys uh, to our names. Uh, well, I mean, according to the, the ever-increasing amount of material that I am blotting the blood from my very skull that is emitting at an alarming rate, <clears throat> I do believe I am still an on-air talent slash host, and I can pronounce those words correctly. As well you should be able to. Uh, or I can't because I suffered a concussion. I do apologize for that. <laughs> I'd forgotten. We could try again to cut the concussion out. I, I'm not a doctor. It just starts applying leeches to the side of my head. This is what you need. If we remove the damaged part of the brain. I'm impressed that first aid kit has leeches in it. <laughs> now perhaps in our fright finding experience we could just exorcise your concussion. I don't know, I'm, I'm simply an assistant. Well, I, given that I'm the, uh, the lead sound technician, I believe... I, too, can provide no help. I don't know why I thought that was going to be useful or where I was going with that when I started talking. I apologize. I was merely making a joke at the expense of a large horror franchise before we started the conversation about... What, what, what is that that you recommended? Trepanation of my darn skull? Now, now, let's just head on towards this light. Yeah, as we've been walking and spending the entire journey <laughs> discussing the first aid possibilities... Uh, and Sam's like, let's drill a hole in his skull. <laughs> let the ghosts out. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta let him breathe. It's like aerating soil, you know? I think as they're walking along, um, <laughs> Colm is trying to dissuade himself from the um, skull surgery that he thought was a pretty good idea. He said, uh, were, were there any more of those text messages on the um, phone that survived? Our little culvert mishap back there. I believe there was at least one more, uh, Mr. Mr. Peanutman. Did you want to share that with the class, as it were? There should be messages from Neil, Marlin, Coleman, and Romaina. Uh, prior to uh, my most recent administration of uh, first aid, I was able to read my screen, but I find myself seeing geometric shapes at the corners of my eyes, so perhaps someone would disabuse me of the responsibility of reading these missives. <clears throat> I've already read quite a few myself, and if I am not mistaken, received quite a shock from one of them, so uh, I will pass. Thank you throws up slightly. Totally normal response to all of the first aid he's received. Well, Combe seeing as one of the message threads appears to be from your personage, perhaps you wouldn't mind obliging us as we walk. Uh, so, <laughs> Colm is holding up the phone and he says, uh, how much do you trust that Obadiah guy? That was from me, by the way. To which, um, Mr. Peanutman respond, He's nice enough kid, why? And then I said, I don't know, just something about him. Lifted the spare key to his backup plan. We'll probably, he'll probably notice eventually. But if we need it at the house, I can grab it. Uh, wonder what that's about. That, that seems dubious. <laughs> Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, two of these characters seem to be playing out. In fact, I'd say three of the of the four of us here do seem to be involved. Uh, and, and one of these characters seems to be talking about stealing from another. Uh, so I don't mean to apply any sort of bias or even intonation to that, but it does seem mighty suspicious to me that you, uh, Mr. Stickman, yourself, have claimed to have lifted something from uh, our, our good friend Obadiah. Van Morrison. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, Van Wilder, but I do appreciate. Sorry, I was like, I didn't know that we already made that joke. Why is that funny? I only know one Van. <laughs> yes, uh, I must say, for someone who is questioning myself, you managed to perhaps steal a key and then crash our van and send us on to this predicament so I well I'll just have to be keeping my eye on you well I have to say that doesn't sound like me at all 
<laughs> I must ask, my dear narrative friend, do you have on your person a key that fits our, our good friend and, and currently armed compatriot's box? I gave the keys I had, other than the number five key, um, to our, our dear friend uh, Van Wilder. Yes, fancy your your query there, sir. I did indeed see a key that looked right to be identical to the one guarding the old Smith and Wesson. So. I'm, I'm, who am I to say but a host and on-air talent that we should perhaps let bygones be bygones and firearms belong to the people who own them? Uh, as we approach this house, maybe maybe we just you know quell the mention of firearms altogether. Perhaps that's just unnecessary. I'm bleeding profusely, and my words are just losing definition as I continue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, while I am sorry to hear about your predicament, which, as we all can recall, I did try to improve at y'all's request, uh, I do believe that as we head into uh, this, you know, strange land here, to which we may have journeyed before, unclear, uh, we, we leave the mention of the fire guns off the table. Fire guns. Fire, Dang fire guns. <laughs> Doesn't Fine. know what a phone is and doesn't know what a gun is. <laughs> it's, a, it's got a lighter box and a fire gun. <laughs> Did anyone check Mr. Hatman for a concussion? Well, I would be interested in seeing the thread from him on that old Blackberry. Well, sure, I don't believe I have anything to hide, but... I certainly hope to not have any slanderous accusations against my trustworthiness. Uh, let's see, um... From Marlin, I stole Combs' phone earlier and, and sent a distrustful text message. I'm joking. I'm joking with you all. That, no, no levity. All right. Uh, Marlin says, completely serious. Passwords like that are a fisher's dream come true. To which Peanutman replied, so what should I use instead? And Marlin said, advice I gave Holly was to pick something tangentially related to the show and change it often. Fright Finders 2, probably. <laughs> what do you mean, Peanutman Rules is not an acceptably <laughs> strong password? Even if I use a Z in place of that S? Of course I use a Z in place of that S. Well, what if you make the E a 3? Because a 3 is like a backwards E. And then add three exclamation points and one, one. Easy to remember. This is great radio and very relevant <laughs> to the show. Yeah, the like, Jason, <laughs> all of our SciSec crowd is going wild right now. They're just like, man. <laughs> That's a surprisingly large portion of our it, it really Half is. the group, at least. Yeah. Mm. I will say, uh, as you've been... Uh, examining this phone and talking and walking you are getting now close enough to see that the building in the distance which is now much closer does appear to be a rather large and nice uh, farmhouse you see there is a fence around it that you can see coming out from a clearing where the corn ends it's still maybe 500 yards up the road uh possibly enough time to look over a final text message maybe not that last text message is from um n but um n is in quotes so I, you can't see it but i'm doing the air quotes but kind of while holding the phone but n said you're meeting her at six and sai said five going to the house at six but want to do the interview in full daylight n said if you're serious about the voice mod i'll give you mine same place as last time, 2.30. Did we find a... We didn't find a voice <coughs> anything. Or anything that we would identify as a voice mod. No. Uh, you found very little, like, actual equipment at all. Most of what you found is, like, accessories, like extra batteries, wind socks, uh, clips, gaffer's tape, like, just stuff that you would use with equipment, but the equipment itself did not appear to be, by and large, in the van. So... Backtracking based on these here assembled text messages and, uh, you know, the the accoutrement we have found on ourselves and in the van, 
it does seem like we uh, we were headed out here to some sort of haunted area, possibly a house owned by a creepy person or persons, uh, to do, to produce this here show, uh, leading, you know, with our, our good friend Cyrus here. Uh, one can assume perhaps we left in a hurry because we are missing a fair amount of equipment and we also crashed into something and the normal driver was not driving at the time. Are you saying I'm not normal? Now, I am saying that, yes. That's that's deeply hurtful. But fair. I don't know what else. I'm just trying to be honest. It was not my intent to offend you. However, if you were offended, I apologize for it. Your height in inches is greater than your weight in pounds, so I would say that is decidedly <laughs> not normal. Well, okay, you cannot just comment on his physical being like that. That is... I mean, give the man a sandwich. Perhaps a hot chicken sandwich. We have only corn to offer. Now, 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 I, I don't mean to, to bring this conversation to an end. And don't get me wrong. I would love to have our friend plump as a dumpling if I had any hand in this. However, despite whatever it was before this crash that, that, that previously was our vocations, we are now but stranded travelers amidst the calm we must get to this house we need help whether we're searching for ghosts or grits it don't matter we need to get inside this house and hopefully get on the phone call holly call and call anybody else got way more southern in the last like, five minutes <laughs> the more blood i lose the more southern it's the I get. concussion <laughs> yeah uh now, listen, I don't disagree, and I do believe that we are uh, left with very few other options, but I do think it worth it to consider if we were on the run from something, even just an unhappy uh, uh, a guest appearance or guest person on the show that we produce or radio production, I don't know. We might be, you know, if we're wandering back into dangerous areas, perhaps we uh, keep that gun unlocked. Still inside the box, still off the table, but... I'm just saying, maybe we ought to be on our guard. These uh, these strange text messages do seem to be mighty anxious, and then we could just keep walking over to that there house. Do you do you mind, perhaps, uh, with an element of a gentleman's subterfuge, which I know you are so capable, perhaps a <clears throat> I don't know, arming thyself with that contraption. And uh, yeah, I mean, Obadiah. I don't think he would have been walking around with a little portable gun safe. <laughs> I would have left that box in the in the van. Uh, but yeah, I guess he might have. All right, let's RP all the way back to the van. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know Shoot, what? We forgot I, it. I knew I forgot something. Van two electric boot. <laughs> <laughs> he he would have done his best to to load this thing, but he has the safety on, and he's kind of tucked it onto the an inside pocket of his sport coat which definitely won't look like a gun when it moves wrong <laughs> he's not he doesn't have a holster or anything he's not the western wear <laughs> gentleman that's that's marlin yeah so as you come up upon this house you see it as i said it's a very nice uh two-story farmhouse whitewashed has a metal fence up around it with a wooden fence gate like very kind of rustic but well put together and you see there's also a wooden sign on a post uh inside the gate but angled so that it's facing out to the street that says the Fremantle farm 1877 does that name mean anything to any of us uh no it doesn't really seem familiar at all to any of you and you do see what appears to be a light on up on the second floor, maybe in a bedroom. Well, it does seem like someone's home, at least. Um, maybe we uh, wriggle around the front there and knock on the door. Can we see a door? Uh, you do see a door, but there is a rather long path up to it on the other side of this uh, fence. So, Drew, it be we spent several hours getting out of a van... And then walking here, is it like 7 a.m. now instead of 3.15? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's starting to get light out. I'd say 
with how long you guys were doing it, thing, I'd say plus the walk, I'd say it's probably been two hours because you weren't going to be walking too fast with uh, Cyrus's head. It is uh, very So old. it's about 5 a.m. So you're starting to see a little bit of dawn coming up. And that might be, at first you think maybe that's why the light was on, but then you're also like, well, the light was also on like two hours ago. Maybe somebody's just an insomniac. Cool. Well, that's a little more reasonable for a farm than yeah, mm-hmm. three in the morning. Um, so you said there is a, we can see a door, but it's like far away, like far enough that we might consider. Mm-hmm. But you do think like somebody's probably awake. Like if you want to maybe call up to the, like, just yell out, like it's close enough. They're going to hear you if you yell from the road, you could shoot the gun up in the air. Go ahead and shoot that gun right on through the window. Get someone's attention. Let them know we mean business. <laughs> we are not to be messed with. You'll find some frat. <laughs> we call that the Texas hello. Speaking of, uh, not to drag this out too much longer, but if any of you really examine your uh, driver's licenses, you may notice uh, some interesting dates for uh, several of you on them, having to do with uh, maybe having to do with Texas. Though you might not know unless you actually all compare them, which now I just realized might be kind of hard to do. <laughs> so I'll just tell you, uh, you notice uh, all of you except for Marlin seem to have gotten your Texas driver's license within a couple of days of each other last year. It's mighty interesting. Maybe we uh, further discuss that after we shoot this gun in the air. <laughs> yeah, so what do you do to try to get the attention of this house? Does when you like jump the fence, you yell up to the house, do you fire through the window? <laughs> you said there's a gate. Is the gate locked? Uh, do you try it? Sure. Okay, you try it. It is not locked, actually. Uh, you see it has, like, a latch, but it just flips up. It's got a spot where you could attach, like, a padlock to it, but it does not have one. We're certainly not attempting to make any alarmingly stealthy approach. I imagine we might have already been spotted, so if we just sort of casually walk towards the front door and give it a polite knock, we may find that yelling is not necessary. I don't disagree. Maybe we, uh... It just seems polite. It's it's awful early in the morning or late at night, depending on how you look at it. We don't want to go spooking anybody too early. Yeah, I just, uh, casually walk up to the house. Uh, I'm guessing one of you knocks on the door, and you hear some movement inside, and after a little bit, you kind of see a bit of a shadow. It's a double door with like glass insets in it it's got uh, curtains over them but you see a shadow on the other side of the curtain after a moment of maybe like trying to peek through a gentleman opens the door and you see an older african-american gentleman and he looks at all of you and he goes he sees cyrus with his head wound he goes are, are you okay molly molly And as he yells the name Molly, the two of you that have yet to give me grip rolls instead hear the name Holly. And I need a roll from Sam and a roll from, I believe, Zach was the other one. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Cyrus rolled a two. Under 25. No, under 35. Cyrus is fine. I've got a... A 33 under 45. Okay, so you are both able to hang on to your grip. Uh, And after thinking about a second, you realize he didn't say Holly. He said Molly. And a woman, uh, still in her nightgown, comes down the stairs behind him. Looks roughly the same age. And she sees you and she goes, Oh, are you folks okay? Do you you need help? What what happened? And they are going to usher you into the house. Well, my my friends and I appear to have uh, uh, just been into a minor uh, car accident just a, a little bit down the way from here, and, and we saw your uh, your house from a distance. So we uh, assumed that perhaps you would, in the spirit of of neighborly uh, community, provide a little bit of aid to some travelers. Of uh, of course, of course. Uh, Molly. Go- Go, go get the phone. Uh, I'll call nine one one. Uh, what, what were you folks 
even out doing it this time of night? Or this hour of the morning, rather. Well, it took a good three or four hours just to get out of that van. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we don't rightly know uh, what we've been doing. I'll be honest with you, we... If we didn't have our IDs on us, we wouldn't even have remembered our own names. It appears quite to have been a traumatic experience. Yes, uh, but, but we do thank you for your hospitality, sir. Um, well, that is all I have to say until your wife or the good friend, whatever, gets back. Uh, that's, uh, that's, that's my wife. That's Molly. This uh, it's a little embarrassing. This is actually her farm. It's been the been her family, well, the sign there shows. 1877. Uh, great-grandmother Abigail was the uh, original owner. Uh, sorry, uh, Jim Mason, and he puts his hand out. Well, say 1877, I do believe that's the year that Cyrus over there was born. Hmm. Yeah, within a year or two, my young and sprightly friend. My name is, is Cyrus, and that's about as far as I go. I believe it's Montgomery II, but you can just call me Cyrus, as my friends here do. Well, I, I appreciate your hospitality. Do you have a working phone and perhaps an understanding of exactly where we are? Uh, well, yes, uh, Molly should be on the phone now up to the... Uh the chief's office in Hemingford. You, you folks, you're not from Hemingford, are you? I don't, I don't recognize any of you. I know just about everyone in town. Now, uh, Hemingford is uh, part of which area, region of the place where we are. Hemingford, what? And uh, looks at you for a second and shakes his head. Crash must have been mighty bad. Uh, Hemingford in. Butte Box County, Nebraska. Hemingford, Nebraska. Hemingford. Patsis for him a bit, pulls out a key with the black paddle and points. Does this look familiar to you, my friend? It appears to have some H's on there. Now, this few of my compatriots have one. Perhaps you would know, does this correspond to a lodging in this said Hemingford? Or does it? corresponds to the only lodging in Hemingford. It's not exactly uh, New York City, you know. The Hemingford home is the only uh, motor hotel in the entire town. That would logically follow why we are patrons of such an establishment. Now, Ooh, it's hot in here. It's just, it's just dabbing off blood. That's just, what I'm imagining. It's just, it's just more it's blood. He just like rings out the handkerchief. Just continuously staining the floor. Do you need to sit down, sir? No, no this he's is, all right. Whether I'm bleeding or not, I am inclined to pat myself dry. So I would say. He had a good lay down in the corn earlier. Oh, we we got goodness. him a nap. We 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 stitched him up a bit. We gave him a little corn bandage there. He's all right. I I, I spent a few years in the service when I was younger. I I, I never. Sir, saw I said he's combat, all right. But <laughs> I, are you sure? I I I might no, know how to stitch a wound still. Please, Mister Mason, we would be most appreciative, despite uh, Marlon there's rather vociferous objection. Just did what you all asked me to do. He will uh, sit Cyrus down at the table and take out, uh, goes into a side room that looks like maybe a half bath, comes back out with a first aid kit, and patches up some, and thanks to the uh, rules of Call of Cthulhu, he can uh, heal up to 1d3 from any single injury with a first aid kit. Unfortunately... Cyrus has two separate injuries, so he is able to undo uh, Marlin's stitching issue, <laughs> but uh, so you can give yourself one HP back from that, but unfortunately you are still down from the original head wound. There's just like a corn cob stuck <laughs> into an open wound, and he's like, that's your problem right there, we just have to the remove cornea. the entire corn like he, cob. Yeah, gets you bandaged up and everything, you're not bleeding anymore, but you do still have that damage from the original. <laughs> still a lot corn. And uh, as he's fixing you up, his uh, wife, Molly, will come back in. I imagine you guys also all introduce yourselves to her. 
and she's gonna kind of look among you and go, you're, you're not those folks from that, uh, that, well, you said, I think they said it was a TV show, but I never heard of it. Those ones out to look at the old Cobsham house. Frat friends? <laughs> Ooh, uh, do you happen to know the, the name or even just the topic? Uh, was was something the Fratful Four or something like that. Said it was a TV show. I've never heard of it. Uh, I don't watch much television. I heard of that Ghost Hunters show. Been out a couple years now, but I, I never heard of this one. I Some of the people in town said there were people from some ghost hunt show doing interviews. They talked to the mayor, talked to a couple of people. Hear about the Cobsham house. The Cobsham house, you say? Uh, now, why Why do you think that uh, these these ghost hunters you speak of would want to check out the Cobsham house? It's, it's just one of those places, though. You know the stories. Uh, if anybody wants to give me, if anyone has it, a either psychology or a psychoanalyst. Sure. Such a low percentage on that. I imagine that might not be one that people would have uh, thought to put a point in, but. Got a hard success in psychology. 20 under 40. <laughs> Actually, Ooh. three of us apparently invested yeah, no, relatively no, no. heavily <laughs> into psychology. 13 right. under 70? Wow. Oh, oh my God. Wow. 70? Oh, yeah, I put points in that on purpose. I feel like there was some yeah. mention of having it. I think I mentioned it might have been a good secondary one to have. <laughs> yeah, how many, like, lay-down couches were in the back of the room? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you notice that she definitely has something else to say, and uh, Marlin and Colm especially both notice that she's certainly hiding something in what she's saying about this uh, Cobsham house, which I will type that into the uh, C-O-B-S-H-A-M is Cobsham. Now, ma'am, I don't mean to make you nervous. Uh, This is a lovely home you have here, and truly congratulations on the farm and the whole legacy of it. Uh, We're just trying to find out what happened to uh, us in particular, so if you happen to know anything about this, this ghost show or the Cobsham house or or anything about the production, uh, we'd, we'd be awful grateful for that information. Well, you know, it's just one of those, every town's got it, you know, the haunted house. Uh, it's really not much anything. Uh, if anybody wants to roll either a uh, persuade or a fast talk. Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I would, now, ma'am, I I don't mean to be the the bloody collar of, of the morning, as we say around these parts, but I, I, I must goad you for just a bit more information, because I can see below that placid exterior, that uh, uh, knowledgeable uh, uh, foundation bubbles. Seriously, <laughs> so yeah, he's gonna uh, make yeah, a little. Give me whatever. What if Cyrus is the one rolling? Uh, do a minus ten uh, percent on his uh, roll because he is covered in blood and has a concussion. <laughs> Sixty-five under seventy. Then all right, uh, that is a regular success. So she will say, uh, "Well, truth be told, I've I've lived in this town my entire life. Uh, Jim, he thinks it's ridiculous that I want to stay in this old place, but." Uh, Granny Abigail, this was her laugh. And, well, it's kind of a town tradition to uh, break into the old Cobsham house. And I guess, actually, at the time I did it, they weren't even calling it the Cobsham house. They were calling it the Terrence house. But I did like everyone else did. I broke in there, and I heard some weird things while I was in there. I didn't see anything. Didn't see. I didn't see... Terrence's ghost. I didn't see the ghost of his wife or his kid or anything like that. I didn't see the ghost of Cobsham, if he's even dead. But I heard some very strange things coming out of that house, and I had nightmares after I left that stayed with me for days. It's a bad place. I don't like it. So, 
what, what can you tell us about this Cobsham? Or perhaps the, the, the other family you referenced, uh, who, who may or may not be phantasmal apparitions. Uh, I, I don't understand, so you're not that... Oh, well, no, frightful I, hold on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, we are the frightful fans. One moment here, let me pull out my card. Let me hand it to you. That's <laughs> definitely not what it's <laughs> Which half do you hand her? Okay, so you take this part and you, you, you just press it against this part. And we are the finders of fright indeed. Hello, my name is, is Cyrus. And there is another part, but I am having trouble recalling about half of my sentences at this juncture. Now, yes, we may be, in fact, the, the uh, specialist that you are referencing, but um, please, please speak to us like the dilettantes that you would imagine asking such questions. Okay, I, I just... Uh, Jim, honey, can you put some coffee on? And he starts making a pot of coffee, and she says, I just kind of figured... Well, you've been asking around town for days. I thought you would know everything already, but, well, uh, Mr. Cobsham, I honestly rightly don't remember his first name. He was some bigwig architect, uh, was from here, but got real famous over in England, went over during, uh, WW2, and, uh, came back after he got rich, building all them British people's sort of fancy houses, built himself one right here, uh, was, I guess, the talk of the town at the time, uh, according to my mother and according to Grim Abigail. And then he up and vanished a few years later. And the family that his wife put in charge of taking care of the place, Mr. Terrence, he went nuts, killed his family, and then he died in prison. And that's when all the rumors started about the hauntings. Said his wife, his son, even... Mr. Terrence himself showing up, strange sounds, strange sights, people disappearing. You know, the standard haunted house fare. Indulge my perhaps a bit dark fascination. How far away is this cursed establishment from this wonderful homestead? Uh, well, it's a ways down the road. There's the, uh... Plainsboro farm first, but maybe Plainsboro's there three, four miles down the road. Uh, you honestly came from their direction. I'm surprised you didn't go to them. Their house is probably closer. Maybe they didn't have their lots on Jim's a light sleeper. Uh, but another five miles past them is uh, the Cobsham house. So about eight miles uh, the other way we came as the crow flies, you'd reckon? Yes, uh, road out here is pretty straight, about, yeah, eight miles down the road to the east. Was our car pointed away from the direction she's talking at? Like, were we coming towards? Yes, you were coming from that direction. Okay. And she does say at the end, uh, eight miles to the east, and you were coming from the east. Might, might I inquire uh, on your farm property, do you happen to have a, a truck or something that might be able to pull our, our van out of the culvert in which it's currently stuck. It would be a, a might easier method to travel in those eight miles were we to do so in that van, should it be operational. She'll say, well, uh, no, I, I rightly don't, and he speaks up from where he's making the coffee. I have him call Sid. They they can use the phone. Uh, I, did you call 911, like I asked? Well, I, I called the... I called the chief's office, but I said... I thought it might have been, you know, the folks from the ghost thing. I heard you guys talking, and he just hung up the phone. This, uh, this this chief, you said, hung up the phone when he heard we were ghost folks? Yeah. Strangest thing. I was gonna call back, but then I saw Jim had already seemed to patch you up pretty good. Do you know, had we talked to this, uh, this chief fella at all? Uh, I rightly wouldn't know. I just heard when I was in town yesterday that you've been talking around all over. Uh, but yeah, like Jim said, uh, you can call up Sid, Sid's garage. Uh, he'll he'll be able to come down to the car and get your van out. Well, unless he hangs up the phone too. Seems like we might have made one or two enemies around town, but that doesn't surprise me based on what I know about traveling with these gentlemen for the last several hours getting out of that van. <laughs> and we'll like elbow 
um, I don't know, whoever's closest. Virus directly into his no. forehead wound. I was, yeah, was going to say, he goes <laughs> oh, out of his way to oh, elbow Cyrus. Open another, another contusion. <laughs> uh, yeah, but so they will, uh, Jim will lead you over. They have a corded landline phone and uh, he kind of looks at it and goes, I know it, it it's old, uh, but there's there's no signal out here. You got to have it. Oh, absolutely. And uh, we'll give you guys the number to Sid's garage. And if you call up, uh, hear a kind of gruff-sounding older man answer. Hello? This is uh, Sid Finial. Uh, what can I do for you? He sounds very tired. I'm imagining it's on speakerphone and the four of us are just grouped around like teenage <laughs> girls. <Yeah>. I said... <laughs> Hello, Sid. Um, well, my name's Cyrus, and, and we are actually in need of a serviceman at this juncture. We were referred to your, um, your person by a, a few kind individuals we happened upon. You see, our, our van is stuck in the culvert. What, do you know what time it is? Uh, um, well, I mean, I would have called date and time if that was specifically my interest but I don't mean to be fresh with you my friend I am in fact calling inquiring after a mechanic as my vehicle is currently off of the road you got triple a well I, and I will say uh Obadiah did have a triple a card in his wallet my guy <laughs> see Obadiah didn't know because he didn't know Obadiah <laughs> uh Marlon is the one who looked in the glove box and he doesn't have one in his clues <laughs> I did not unfortunately make a I did not make a triple a card and I was making oh, a my immersion <laughs> so we say yes and hang up that's, yeah. that's yep. you just hang up you don't tell him that you're at the Fremantle farm or anything you just <laughs> no, no. no you just always say that you have the triple a card and they have to come sure do uh so he kind of grunts to himself and says, All right, well, I can charge them whatever the heck I want, so I'm going to get my money's worth out of this. Where are you? Uh, we, we've happened upon the fine folks at the Fremantle Farm. So I would reckon we're about uh, oh, a mile too east of here. White van off the side of the road, uh, headed west. All right. Uh, let me get dressed and get my truck. Uh, gonna be about an hour. Uh, I don't think you realize exactly how far outside of town you folks are. But, uh, I'll see you then. And he just hangs up. Sorry, I was just laughing at the idea of him being like, I don't think you folks realize how long it takes me to get dressed. Underestimate. <laughs> holding up two, like, coveralls to himself. I'm in the long johns. It's August. <laughs> <laughs> My boots don't fit over. I imagine uh, if you make, uh, have uh, some coffee with the Masons and make small talk with them over about the next hour. Uh, and I will say, if you ask, having passed the uh, persuade check with her, they will give you a little bit more kind of info, just rumor mill stuff on this uh, Cobsham house, which basically, like, pretty much what she said before, it's an old, beat-up kind of mansion-y house. It's down the road. It was built by this architect uh, who came into a lot of money overseas. Uh, she will say it was in the... Uh, he disappeared in the early 60s, and it was in the late 60s. She doesn't remember the exact year that uh, Mr. Terrence, who she also doesn't remember the first name of, uh, killed his family in the house and she'll tell you that she broke in in the mid-70s when she was a teenager and and she heard things is what she said right? she, she yeah she heard strange sounds that just made her feel very ill at ease and she had awful nightmares for several days after but she never saw any actual ghosts or anything. And she'll also say that when she was in town yesterday, up just buying groceries, feed, that kind of stuff, uh, she happened upon a friend of hers who spread the gossip with her that there was a TV crew in town asking around, talked to the mayor, said talk to the realty agent in charge of the Cobsham house, talked to a few other people, but she doesn't know who. And 
she said she'll say she tried to look up the house and she'll show you they have a uh one of those big apple Macs, you know that's the all-in-one with the brightly colored uh oh, yeah. back on it the big blue back said, or whatever yeah. yeah she said she could not find anything about your show that supposedly exists on it and just after a while uh you end up meeting uh this lovely gentleman shows up in an old beat up uh, pickup truck with the back half converted into a winch uh, has Sid's garage written on the side of the truck and he is exactly as grumpy in person as he was on the phone just alright I guess uh, at least one or two of you should get in I don't know if I can fit all four of you and uh, take me to this van of yours well it's registered in my name so uh at least I should accompany you. So Obadiah gets in the passenger seat, and he does have a a very cramped uh, back seat of this, which I guess someone else would have to get in before Obadiah if they're getting into the back. I will, if you don't mind, my good friend, given the hour and the lack of, I imagine, law enforcement in the intervening distance, we'll continue this constitutional out in the open air. On the back of your vehicle, please. It just passes out kind of on the back. <laughs> just lays down. What happened to him? He's lost a lot of blood. He oh, has uh, been bleeding for hours. <laughs> you know, maybe it might just be... It might behoove Cyrus to... Could I freshen up in your facilities just ever so slightly? Perhaps remove the cake blood from my brow. And uh, the Masons will absolutely. And I imagine that he actually probably did that in the intervening hour. <laughs> like I, I would like to think. I think he's just got the bandage around him. Yeah, yeah, I just have a bandage now, so I'm just like yeah. it's totally fine. <laughs> a corn husk bandage. <laughs> that he just keeps stabbing. It's all anyways. corn. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the bandage is so sweaty. Uh, <laughs> I would suggest, given the cramped space, perhaps we send off our uh, our our the muscular friend here and our very tiny friend. At the very least, and I suppose um, Mr. Peanut Min and I shall take up residence in the back area. Then you see, as a truck, we can all just hop on in here, and, uh, tuck tuck um, comb in through that little back window thing that the trucks have out into the. We could just slide them through there like a little plank of wood. <laughs> just fold them up. <laughs> we gonna try to really cram everyone. <laughs> In the back seat of the truck. <laughs> Into there's, the back of that truck. There's two people yeah. hanging on to a winch. Like, if you, you could probably cram everyone in there if you really do cram, but it's not going to be comfortable. Yeah, it's just a mess of elbows. Yeah, I mean, anytime you're getting into a seat with Colmy, he is a man that is just made of elbows. <laughs> and um, out, out. no one's going to have a good time. If this guy gets loose during another car accident, we are all getting eyes just poked right on out. <laughs> yeah. So you drive on down and gets out, looks at the van. He goes, oh, and Sam Hill, did you do this? It's a straight road. I know it was raining last night, but I mean, you didn't even hit anything. I mean, other than trying to take out half the power in the city, but... Were you drinking? If y'all were drinking, you gotta tell me because I have to tell the chief. My friend, do we look like we are in the midst of a good time? I can tell you with full assurance, the sobriety, the cold sobriety of a Sunday morning is beset upon the brows of all of my compatriots here. We found ourselves in this... Am I drunk? I should probably ask. <laughs> Am I currently drunk right now? I'm probably not drunk. No, you're not but I drunk. I feel like you would have told yeah. me. Okay, good. Because that no, would make a no, lot of sense of for Cyrus's character. Yeah. I mean, I've just been playing it as a head injury. So uh, we found no bottles of any kind, nor did we smell alcohol on our driver's breath. I suspect something else might have transpired, but... There was no illicit substances or anything that may have impaired his cognitive function that I'm aware of, at least. All right, but I still know how on earth you did that. Uh, all right. Uh, you and you. And he points to Obadiah and Colm. 
help me get this thing hooked up and three of you together get the winch hooked into the front bumper of the van and turns it on drags it up out and he just kind of takes a look at it as it's attached to the back of his truck and he goes this thing ain't going anywhere anytime soon uh, well clearly y'all ain't from here where are you staying you're, why am I even asking you're at the home uh, get back in I'll drop you off there and uh, I'll call down when it's fixed you got insurance on this thing, right? Did he have insurance in the glove box? Uh, yeah, it has insurance. <laughs> yes, indeed, sir. Uh, paperwork's in the van, and it is. The insurance is in there along with it. He's like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. He just kind of looks at you because I don't know if they had that logo yet in 2006, so I'm assuming they probably did. They probably <laughs> had that they've logo been saying it for years. years. Uh, <laughs> but he just goes, all right, well, I'll figure everything out. I'll call you at the home if... I can't. Uh, all right, get back in. The twenty-minute process of everybody like, cramming cram themselves in back into the... <laughs> cramming back into the. Yeah. So he drives back. We're gonna. Uh, you pass. Yeah, I was gonna the... ask him um, oh. while we we're, you know, because I'm on the back, yeah. like gripping the yeah. back, so I'm shouting through the close. <laughs> My friend, you're sitting in the van. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I'm shouting out of that window to him to the front. Yeah. Uh, and I will say it is a uh, long drive back, so you'll have time to ask him stuff. Uh, my friend, uh, regardless of whatever preconceptions you might have of my, of my party, and I, um, I'm, I'm just wondering, what do you know about the Copshan property? Warhouse? I mean, a haunted house. Every town's got one. That uh, Terrence nut job blasted his family in it, and people have, haven't been leaving us alone about the damn blaze ever since. Now you said it's called the Horror House. Asking about it, you don't even know the nickname, the Cobsham Horror House. Well, uh, us being uh, city folks and not as learned as y'all, we're just trying to pick up as much information about this here house as we can. Uh, what what stories might have you heard, sir? I don't believe in any of that nonsense. Sure, but what have you heard? What I heard is some rich idiot with too much money and not enough fashion sense built himself a big, ugly house in my town. Then he up and vanished, and some other idiot went nuts. And now we have to deal with people like you asking about it. Feels aggressive. Um, I'm just wondering, uh... Have you ever been inside of the horror house? <laughs> no. Why'd I do that? Well, I, I'm under the impression that at least the wall of the bon vivant youth around these parts have uh, broken into this, uh, well, shall we say, dark landmark. He just, like, turns full around to look at you in the back seat while he's driving down this road. It was very dangerous. We've already crashed once. How old do I look? I was 38 when the Terrence murders happened. A little old to be doing youthful breaking and entering. So you didn't have a friend or you tried it or anything? Maybe a neighbor? A, a, a grandchild? Well, I mean, I would say, my friend, given what appears to be my supposed vocation, I don't think natural age has anything to do with interest in the unnatural world, but that is the difference between you and I. Do you have any first aid skills? <laughs> <laughs> he fixes cars, not people. <laughs> Just passes out again. Yeah. I'm imagining it's a significant amount of blood if it's like one yeah. hit point in this game. Yeah, that's yeah. For folks listening at home that don't know, uh, in COC you do not have very many hit points. It is not like D and D. It is not like Pathfinder. Like you're lucky if you got like four or five. Like it's a decent chunk of health. Which is why uh, Zach has been bleeding for hours. No, Zach, not even the character. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I cut myself hours ago, and I seriously need to call the EMT, so we need to wrap this session up no, as soon we, as possible. We as a cast are concerned, but we're just sort of like, well, I guess that's the sacrifice of podcasting. The Daniel Day-Lewis of Zach's. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, I, I, again, I did not mean to insult you. I just, um, as you can probably understand, uh, we are interested in, in, in anybody who has lived in this location's uh, experiences with the property. So maybe you yourself may not have indulged, but do you have anything to share? You're interested in it, you and everybody else lately, it seems like. You should hear about these idiots that came in out of, I think it was Tennessee or somewhere, maybe. Uh, the uh, Demon Delvers or some dumb name like that. Uh, asking around town. Actually, and he kind of... You know, he kind of looks at you guys, he looks back in the van, he goes, No. Are you... No, we're not demon dealers. Don't you worry about it. Okay. Alright. That's certainly seven. not the name on my business card, <laughs> and that's not the name we need to discuss. Now, now you were saying, us and everyone else. Now, there seems to be a consistent interest in this house. Uh, I mean, we're just really... You, my friend. I feel your talents are wasted behind this wheel in which I feel you have a story to tell. Well, you feel wrong. I do, indeed. I think it's a head injury. (laughs) (laughs) The only story I have is the one where all you folks leave and get out of our town's business. All right, I'm going to try. He's going to straighten himself up. Now listen, my friend. I may look the paragon of success back here ringed by my uh, production crew and, and, and business cards, which may or may not be in one piece. But I assure you I came from humble roots, my friend, and my mama would not handle nonsense, and my daddy absolutely would not. No. Send me down to the pond, he would. <laughs> <laughs> you know the old saying. Uh, but, regardless... I I need to impress upon you. We are not some big city thrill seekers. No, no, no. Look at us. We're salt of the earth folk. Look at that hat. Look at me. We, just like you, want to tell the story that's here in this land amongst this corn. Give me a uh, either persuade or a fast talk, whichever you... Oh, yeah. I'm going with persuade. That was the goal. I feel like that one really could have been either. (laughs) Okay, I rolled a 93 over 80. What the heck? Uh, you know what? You know what? No, no. He's not <laughs> going to do it? anything because I'm pushing it. And uh, for the folks Thank at you. home, uh, so there are a couple of optional rules you can do in uh, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, I'm allowing two of them involving rolls. Uh, one of them is being able to spend your luck which then has the downside of if you have to make a luck roll, you uh, don't have as much luck available for it. And the other is that you can push a roll, where you can uh, tell me what you're going to do different after a failure and roll a second time. But if you fail again, you get a worse negative consequence than the original failure would have given you. So what uh, Zach is going to do then is push this roll. So uh, Sid just kind of gives Cyrus this look. Okay, cool. So I pushed the roll. No luck spent. I rolled a 45 under 80. Okay. So then what do you say after he kind of just gives you a death glare after the... Like uh, I said, no, no. Look amongst us. Uh, Now, we may look like that form of Los Angeles Hollywood folk. Those, those with their big cameras and their glitzy poof poof makeup. But uh, (laughs) look upon my face here. See the blood that streaks across this dirty brow. I'm clearly willing to work for what it is that we want. Now, look at me, my friend, and tell me, you do not have a story to tell. He kind of looks at you and goes, like I said, I don't have a story. I leave that place alone, but if you want a story, I say you go look for these ghost hunter fillers. They... From what I hear, have been talking to everyone in town. They talk to the mayor, they talk to the police chief, they talk to that pretty lady from the real estate. I think they even went and talked to the Plainsboroughs out in the sticks. You find them, they can tell you everything without you having to talk to anyone else in town. Really? 
Yeah. <laughs> well, perhaps we'll run into them at the Hemingford home. Which, coincidentally, you say as you're pulling up in the outskirts of this uh, small town in front of a uh, rather beat up, definitely has seen a better, has seen some better days, uh, two-story motel with a uh, neon green, like, uh, tube lighting wrapped around the top, uh, really ugly color scheme, uh, kind of yellow and orange, green roof, which is in need of replacement, and it's got a sign out in front that says Hemingford Home Motor Hotel, and he pulls up in front of it and says, all right, this is your stop. Like I said, uh, if you need to find out something about this freaking house that everyone is always talking about, find these ghost hunter folks, or just ask around town, and I'll uh, I'll call up Dennis if when well when I get this van fixed up, and he'll uh, he'll ring your rooms. I can't say it was nice meeting you folks, but. It wasn't terrible. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Much obliged. Or yes, medium sir. amounts of obliged. It was certainly not the worst part of my night meeting you. That would be the terrible car accident. <laughs> Though it's uh, almost <laughs> 7.30 in the morning, so I don't know why you're saying it's not, but... Well, I mean, I, I for one, would like to thank you and, and tell you that I was wrong. You do not have a story to tell. Perhaps you are best suited <laughs> driving this truck. So thank you so much, sir. Have a good evening. Or whatever time it is. I would like to take it back. And he just looks at you guys again like, these people are on something kind of look, and drives off into the town proper, leaving you in front of this uh, beat-up motel, or as a... Uh, the sign in front says Motor Hotel. Uh, you see what looks like some, maybe like an old man or something kind of squinting at you from a window of an office in the front. And as he uh, stands up, we are going to end it for this session. And hope everyone has enjoyed so far. And I will see everyone back for session three. Thank you, Jero. Night, Jero, and thanks. Thanks and good night. Hello, everyone. We are back for our second session of Jimmy Fame Presents. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. Bonus against the... I appreciate the vote of confidence, my friend, but I can tell you I wouldn't know a medulla oblongata from a hot <laughs> chicken sandwich from a state I'm not from. So I'm clearly... Maybe just hold a piece of corn on it for now. Just tuck that in there, yeah. staunch the bleeding. Or maybe some mashed potatoes to go with your hot Hey, let's cut out. <laughs> well, that did not that make, it make it into a final production. Dang old editing floor. Just put that horn cut, corn husk Peanuts. on here. <laughs>